Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to The Television Archive, the show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Clark, and this is Batman 1966. Today, we will be discussing Season 3, Episode 16, titled, The Funny Feline Felonies. Holy alliteration, Batman! (laughs) In this episode, Joker and Catwoman team up to terrorize Gotham City with another epic crime spree. Also, it's worth mentioning right at the top that this is a two-parter. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. This episode... is incredible. (laughs) It's the greatest thing ever! Holy crap! One sequence in particular. One sequence in particular... is the greatest thing I've ever seen. And I cannot wait to get to that. Uh, First off, before we actually get into the events of the episode, I do want to comment on the Joker-Catwoman team-up. Because we've seen these two villains together before, in part of a larger team-up for Batman the movie. But we haven't seen them one-on-one. We haven't seen these characters one-on-one up until now. And... They are fantastic together. Those two characters have a really, really great dynamic that almost makes me forget how bad Eartha Kitt is in this role. Almost. Like, they have a massively entertaining presence together. It's really, really great and makes for a phenomenal, phenomenal arc. So, the episode opens, opening sequence, and Joker's being released from prison. Uh, He's being released because he's convinced both the Warden and Bruce Wayne that he's reformed. And Joker's like, oh, I want to... I'm a reformed man. I'm a good citizen. Uh, the, the warden gives Joker ten bucks to start his new life. Ten bucks. Man, that, pro- that was probably a fortune back in the 60s. Ten dollars? Man, that could buy you a mansion. But nowadays... You'd be lucky if you get, like, a bottle of water for ten bucks. (laughs) Ten bucks is nothing. So anyway, Bruce, the Warden, and Joker are talking about the 
prison reform stuff, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Joker offers the warden a cigar. The cigar doesn't explode, much to everyone's shock. And then Joker just sort of leaves in his, by the way, really stupid street clothes. He's got this really weird-looking suit. And I say weird-looking. It's a normal suit. But it looks really weird on him. It doesn't quite fit correctly. And it just doesn't work with his whole face. Because he still's got the makeup on. I mean, you feel like if Joker was really reformed, he wouldn't have the makeup on anymore. But no. He has the makeup on. So, I guess that's just part of him? Whatever this is, this outfit he has, it it just doesn't work. It looks really bad. But anyway, Joker leaves. He's walking away. And then Catwoman shows up in her ridiculous-looking kitty mobile. Her kitty car that we saw in the last episode. And <laughs> and Catwoman's kind of like, hey, get in. And Joker's like, hey, idiot, put a gun on me. They're watching. And then Catwoman pulls a gun on Joker and is like, hey, you, get in. Joker just kind of yells out to no one in particular, I'm being kidnapped. Honest. <laughs> if someone says honest at the end of a sentence, by the way, it's not honest. They're lying. But anyway, Bruce Wayne and the Warden see Joker get kidnapped, quote-unquote. They drive off in the kitty car, and the Warden's like, I gotta call Commissioner Gordon. And Bruce is like, uh, I'll do that. Why don't you go somewhere else and do something? I'll, I'll call Commissioner Gordon. And the Warden's like, okay, I trust some random dude with this. So Bruce Wayne calls Alfred in the Batcave and is like, hey, connect me to the Batphone, then stand by. Then the commissioner calls the Batphone and has a whole conversation with Batman about the whole prison thing, Joker being kidnapped. But the commissioner called having known about the Joker kidnapping. Who, who told him about the kidnapping? When was he informed about that? That makes no sense. Like, also, what was Bruce's plan? Connect himself to the bat phone through the warden's office and then wait? It would have been smarter just to go back to Wayne Manor. That's that's stupid. This is stupid on a million different levels. But anyway, the commissioner knows. And then he just... Bruce Wayne just F's off and goes to become Batman. That's the opening. And then as Batman and Robin are going to Commissioner Gordon's office... Uh, Catwoman and Joker are holed up in a sleazy hotel that's literally called the Sleazy Hotel. 
Joker changed into clothes that looked normal on him. Catwoman's looking at the commissioner's office through his telescope thing that she has. That's also a gun. Man, Batman beat Ruby by like 50, 60 years. Or no, it's 50 years. Batman beat Ruby by 60 years with the, it's also a gun. Ruby ripping off Batman. Confirmed. Monty Ohm. No original thoughts. Ruby is an amazing series. Monty Ohm is a creative genius. R.I.P. <laughs> Had to clarify that. I went too far in my jokes. I went too far in joking about the it's also a gun thing. Uh, but yeah, uh, Batman beat Ruby to the punch on this one. The telescope was also a gun. And Catwoman plans to just sort of shoot into the commissioner's office with some little thing that we're not really sure what it is. Some little message deal. So she shoots it in the commissioner's office. And then Batman's like, get down! So Batman, Robin, Commissioner Gordon, Chief O'Hara, they all get down. And then we get a really stupid crawl motion. Which is very clearly just Adam West and Burt Ward on scooters. But we're supposed to believe that they're just experts at crawling. So... They're crawling around, figuring out what happened. Barbara walks in at one point, and is like, Hey, like, what's going on? And then the commissioner's like, Hey, idiot, get down! And so, Batman and Robin are kind of going around, trying to figure out what the hell just happened. Uh, They look at the message... And it's basically like, hey, this is a warning. Next time, I'll just kill you. And then they look out the window. Batman and Robin spend an inappropriate amount of time looking out the window, poking their heads out the window, considering there was just a gunshot. I mean, I feel like... I feel like if this happened... You would want to be on the ground and not poking your head out the window. Otherwise, bang, bang, you're both dead. Like, literally, multiple times, I thought and I think even said, dead, dead. Like, they're both dead a million times over. They spend a minute with their heads poked out the window, even though they just got shot at. They're idiots. They're dumb. They're stupid people. But anyway, through some form of magic, they're able to figure out the exact room on the exact floor in this sleazy hotel. So they go over there. Batman and Robin are investigating. They find Joker's civilian clothes. Oh, there's no fingerprints. They find a little strip of paper. And then Batgirl shows up randomly. And Batman is like, What? Who? What? How did you... How did you know to come here? And Batgirl's like, oh, I just, I just sort of knew. I'm not Barbara Gordon. And Batman's like, well, that's good enough for me. Identities must be maintained. There must be a secret. 
blah, 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 moral lessons. Anyway, Batgirl just talks to Batman and Robin for a while, then pretty much steals evidence. She literally steals the slip of paper when no one's looking, or when she thinks no one's looking. Apparently Batman actually did see her do that. I'm not sure how, but whatever. I mean, if, um... If he did happen to notice, it's probably because she would. It's probably because he was, um. He was looking at some. personal areas of Batgirl's body. Just saying. Man, if. <laughs> if 1960s Batman and Robin were real people. They'd have a million sexual harassment claims against them by now. I am sure of it. This has not aged well socially. (laughs) It's a big takeaway. Especially from this season. So Batgirl sort of walks away and Batman comments on the fact that she stole a piece of paper after she leaves the room. And then we kind of... Get this obligatory sequence where we actually find out what the plan is. Joker and Catwoman are at their hideout uh, with their henchmen, which are just people in Catwoman costumes laughing a bunch. Like, literally, they just put people in Catwoman costumes and had them laugh a bunch. It's real weird. But anyway... <laughs> anyway, they lay out this plan. Catwoman has a poem written a, a bunch of years ago with clues to where a million pounds of gunpowder are stashed. Apparently, that's important and valuable for some reason. So they're gonna find these clues to the thing, including a nightshirt and a cradle. And Barbara Gordon kind of figures this out at the same time. She runs that paper against some documents in the library. So she knows, they know. Batgirl gets on the bat phone and calls Batman and is like, Hey, you need to go to this random dude with a stupid name. Uh, Little Louis Groovy, I think is his name. Little Louis Groovy or something stupid like that. You have to go to his apartment. He's a big music producer and he has a famous nightshirt. That's a clue to this gunpowder. This is such a stupid plot line. <laughs> this is such a dumb story story beat. Oh my god. So Batman and Robin are after the nightshirt. Batgirl's after the nightshirt. Joker and Catwoman are after the nightshirt. And this results in the greatest sequence ever. The most amazing, incredible, oh my god, how did this happen sequence. Like ever. So. (laughs) So they cut to this dude's apartment and he's talking about like uh, his career in the music industry. Uh, in a couple of years, I'll be in my mid-twenties, and I'll be too old for the music business. I'll, I'll be over the hill. 
then his assistant or whoever, or whoever this person is, leaves. The dude takes off his beard and his hair. Apparently, both of those are fake. And he's just a short-haired, beardless nobody. And he goes to sleep. But then Joker and Catwoman and their henchmen come in and are like, Hey, you! Give us your nightshirt. And then this dude is like, Shut up! I know karate! So he does some karate. But it's okay. Catwoman has a plan to counter the karate. Karate... (laughs) in this universe, apparently, is entirely dependent on yelling. So we'll just let him scream a bunch until he strains a vocal cord. And then we'll beat him. karate is <laughs> second <laughs> second this actually works oh, <laughs> this actually works why oh jesus christ <laughs> so and this is just the beginning this is just the beginning of the sequence good god it's insane So, (laughs) so, this dude's knocked over because he can't talk anymore because of the karate. He karate'd himself out. And then the henchmen just, just surround him. And this looks way too much like a gang rape. Like, The chaos that ensues. The way they hold him down and try to steal this famous nightshirt. The visuals that are on screen are far too close to a gang rape. It's very uncomfortable. (laughs) But anyway, they get off this dude's nightshirt. So this dude's just kind of in his skivvies now. He's not unattractive, I will say that. And then Batman and Robin show up. Do not question the Joker thing for a second, because up until this point, they've been, like, fiercely advocating for Joker. Like, no, Joker's been kidnapped, Joker's been kidnapped, Joker's been kidnapped, when he obviously wasn't kidnapped. But they don't comment on the Joker thing at all. So, Batman and Robin show up, and then a fight breaks out. Boom, bam, pow, all the words. They defeat Joker and Catwoman, and then they have a conversation with Joker about, oh, shame on you, shame on you for being talked into something so stupid. And Joker's like, yeah, I know. He told a very BS story about how Catwoman coerced him into doing this. 
and none of it was his doing at all. And Joker's like, I know, I know, I know, but can we just be friends? Can we just be friends now? Let's shake hands. Robin's like, no, I'm not going to shake your hand. That's a terrible idea. And Batman's like, hey, Robin, be nice. So then they both shake Joker's hand at the same time. And of course, Joker had on some death buzzers. So they now have a lethal shock and they're slowly dying. They're convulsing on the ground. Bar, bar, Man, you really don't want to know the visuals I did there. They were offensive. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so they got a jolt of death buzzer. And then Joker and Catwoman just sort of escape. And then minutes later, Batgirl comes in. And just gives them a random antidote pill. And that sort of works. And Robin's like. Hey. What took you so long? Woman. I mean he didn't say that last part. But it was implied. And Batgirl was like. Oh man. Traffic was. Traffic was bad. All the lights were red. I mean I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna break the laws or anything. And Robin's like. Your rule following almost got us killed. Your good driving almost got us killed. And Batman's like, hey, hey, rules are rules. It's kind of right, though. Uh, so Batman and Robin, after being eternally ungrateful, douchebags, they're like, hey, so what is any of this? And Batgirl's like, oh, they need the nightshirt for a clue thing for gunpowder. Uh, the other clue is a cradle that's in the possession of someone from Londinium who's in Gotham City. Thank God we don't have to go back to Londinium. So they go there. The cradle's already been stolen. And Batgirl's like, damn it. We don't have a clue now. We just have to wait. And the dude's like, hey, uh, Joker, Catwoman, and the henchmen, they just left, like, seconds before you showed up. I thought for sure you'd run into them. And so we lead into our cliffhanger. Joker and Catwoman are outside, and they're planning an ambush. And that's where it ends. Tune in next time. Same back time. Same back channel. Good God, <laughs> I love this arc so far. This first episode was incredible. I love it, and I cannot wait to see how this res resolves. I would much rather this have been three parts than the Londinium arc have been three parts. This lends itself much more to a three-parter. We'll see how this goes tomorrow. I'm sure the second half will not meet my expectations after this first half. But oh my god. This was amazing. This was the greatest thing in the world. I love it so much. Uh, so yeah, that's it. If you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. 
feel free to call in as well. It's as simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I will play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark. Pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. Tomorrow we will be discussing Season 3, Episode 17. Talk to you then.